Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers it is the last minute blues podcast donnie fandango jeff burton jamie rivers uh gentlemen uh hello happy monday and uh hopefully we're actually recording that that's that's well, we the are hope. i see the little I bumps going you. all right well that's good <laughs> little bumps. what do you I've call that waves the waves yeah audio oh, file waves, waves. Yeah. Sorry. Like that bumps. sorry it's called waves in the biz uh, come on man <laughs> we are a disaster <laughs> yeah, today, people really are. Ju- yeah. ju- just for the record and i'm going to start this whole thing off today whenever we start talking about the blues with uh you know uh the glass half empty perspective <laughs> because i almost brought it up last time but uh, you know what hell Wait, with it i'll just go we? what are you french Go ahead, Donnie. I'm listening. Did you man. say we? I'm listening we? without attitude. Who, who goes half empty? Go going in. Who goes half couple. empty? Done. You're right, Jamie. You're right. I'm a moron. I, I just want to throw this. I just want to throw this thing out there. I don't I appreciate tell. the we in that. I, I am a little afraid <laughs> that this team, that the injuries that they have been dealing with, like le- legitimately, like champs all throughout the year are inevitably catching up to them because at some point in the last week or so, and I get it. The dudes look gassed. Yeah. Like, for real gassed. Or we'll see a strong six, or, you know, first two periods. And then, I mean, you could just see it. So I don't, I as as the playoffs get ready to start, I just kind of don't know what I expect from these dudes. Yeah, look, I hope that they get a couple of bodies back here. I guess the only best way I could explain it when you're in that kind of a situation like the Blues where, where they're fighting for their playoff lives and every game is so important and every game you're playing against a team that was better than the last team because you played all the crappy teams right. already, right? Is imagine if you were told you're going to run the 100 meter sprint and halfway through the race, as you're going, they keep moving the finish line further back. So it becomes 150 to 203, but you're in sprint mode, right? Like you can't, you can't shift down here. You're, you're in sprint mode. That's what the Blues have been in sprint mode here for the last, what, eight to 10 to 12 games. And I think it caught up to them a little bit. On the weekend, uh, I thought they played really solid hockey in spurts. I thought that there were waves of, of blues hockey that we, we could recognize. 
But I also feel like they hit a team in, in Vegas that is really good. They've got a two-headed monster in net, meaning Laner and Flurry. Pick your poison. They're, they're four lines deep, even though they have a couple of injuries. That's a big team. That's a physical team. They can take the physical play. So, you, you know what? You just got – you ran into a really good team, but the, the best news about it is is you had spurts of playing really, really great hockey against that team. You had spurts that weren't so great. No shots on net or barely any shots on net for a long, extended period of time. But, Donnie, the glass is half full. Why? Well, I mean, because we the clinched the playoff yeah. spot. Oh, Jeff, thank you. You're that's, welcome. I'm trying to that's be optimistic a half a point around for here. Jeff. Yeah, well, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad somebody's trying to be optimistic. It's, <laughs> but you know what, though, and I know you've got something to throw in there, Jeff. Yeah, but ahead. like this, it, it's not as though. I couldn't see this team getting hot and going on a roll and start whooping ass. I could absolutely see that. It's just, man, like, dude, numbers games. And, and, and you know, you've got Ryan O'Reilly giving 140% for two and a half months. or You know what I'm saying? It just – and then on top of it all. When you see that Vegas team, man, and I don't mean to, and I don't mean to, to to slobber over them too much, but holy smokes, man, they're real freaking good, like real good. And that's what I was going to throw in was: Are the Blues gassed, or is Vegas that just that much faster than them? Because they seemed faster; they just seemed so much above and beyond where the Blues are right now. Okay, so a couple of things to digest off of that. One. The Blues are probably tired a little bit, okay? Like, let's be honest here. It's okay. They're not They're not superheroes, although we'd like to think they are sometimes. And the guys that you mentioned, the O'Reilly's, the Shens, the Perrons, the Justin Falk, like the guys who have been your foundation this year, they have played an extreme amount of hockey. They have played so much. So, yeah, they're probably hitting a couple of speed bumps here down the stretch. The good news, again, they have a playoff spot clinched. So what does that mean? means that Craig Berube can back the throttle down a little bit. Doesn't mean he has to sit them out, but what it means is, you know, Justin Falk's 25 to 26 minutes a game. Maybe we get that down, down to 20 minutes for the rest of the games. Maybe give him one, one game off. Ryan O'Reilly, maybe you back it down to 16, 17 minutes when he's in there. Maybe you give him a day off somewhere. I do think the Blues, because of the pockets of where they played so good against Vegas, I do think that they stand up to the test. Now, it would be great if they got Krug and Dunn back. I don't know about Dunn. I think Krug is, like, knocking at the door right now. Uh, Tarasenko, a healthy Tarasenko, certainly helps that team as well. Barbashev helps the team, too. I don't know his status right now, but that's a that's your supposed to be your Oscar Sundquist replacement, right? And he's done a bang-up job. He's been very, very effective for the Blues, but we don't know his status. Sammy Blay, we all know that our lineup looks a lot tougher with Sammy Blaine. Not that he's going to fight. I don't even know if he's ever had a fight, to be honest with you. But you don't have to. To, pl- to play tough, you don't have to fight. You run everybody over and drive them crazy like he does, and it's super effective. We saw that in the 2019 run. When he got in there, he was crushing people and scoring a couple of goals here and there. We need that guy. So overall, yeah, I think that the Vegas team is very deep, Donnie. They remind me very much of the 2019 St. Louis Blues. The size of them. Like, I forgot how big Alex Petrangelo really was. And I've known the guy forever. He's a good friend of mine. But when I watch him out on the ice and I'm seeing him next to certain players, I forget. I'm like, gosh, he is. He's 6'3". He's 220, 225. He moves well. Like, I hate that guy right now. (laughs) (laughs) Petra, I know you're listening. I know you download the podcast all the time. You know I don't hate you. I love you like a brother. But I, I, I love my blues, too. But I'm just saying, okay, he... 
you forget how big some guys are. Mark Stone, that scumbag, okay? He's a big dude. And watch him play. And I've been scouting this Vegas team for about five, six games now, just breaking it down. That guy steals pucks like it's nobody's business. He's got that long reach, and he reaches in and lifts sticks, and he's gone with the puck. His percentage of getting sticks on pucks for passes and creating turnovers and things like that is through the roof. That's a good team. Is it an unbeatable team? No, absolutely not. But they are going to be a good opponent if the Blues get them in the first round because the Avalanche still have a chance to catch the Golden Knights as they play a couple of games head-to-head here, too, down the stretch. Now, no matter who they're playing, you got three games left. you got nothing to play for in the standings. And you kind of sort of mentioned this. Doing it up. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) How do you manage the lineup as far as – now, I know you mentioned the guys that have the, – all the names that we know have been playing 25 minutes a night. I understand with them. But what about the younger guys that haven't played this much hockey in a season? Do you manage them as well minutes-wise, sitting-wise, or do you bump their minutes up so you can bunk, bump a Falk down? Boy, that's a good M- Minutes-wise. No, okay, so a couple things to digest on that. One, in ordinary season, uh, that's a great problem, okay? Like, that's a great question. This 56 games. This year, any junior hockey player, heck, even any college hockey player should be used to playing 56 games. And so if I'm Craig Berube, I'm pushing the throttle forward on those guys. I'm giving uh, Hoffman or not Hoffman, sorry, rather uh, Thomas, even Hoffman, give him some more ice time. Kairou, I'm absolutely getting those guys ice time. I want to see what their threshold is. What if I what if I didn't realize that Robert Thomas can play 20, 21 minutes a game? What if Jordan Kairou is a more effective penalty killer than somebody else? I know it sounds crazy, but now's the time to go and experiment with that. And and speaking of that particular line, being they were broken up over the weekend. Did that surprise you at all? It did because look at Craig Ruby's been a master of the, the line combination since he's taken over as head coach. There's so many changes he's made, and we're like, what's he doing? Oh, my God, that's great. Right, it really right. works. <laughs> you know? What are you? It works. Great, you, thanks. What are yeah. you? Why didn't you do that before? <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. So I was surprised because I thought, man, they've had some real good success. I think, and, and this is what coaches do sometimes, not that you overthink it. You try to protect your team and your players. I believe he may have thought, I'm not sure about that line against the Vegas Golden Knights. Golden Knights have last change. Robert Thomas goes over the boards with Kyrou and Hoffman. All of a sudden, the stone line comes over the, like, now what, right? Like, how confident am I that they can play out there? And it looked like halfway through the game, the second game, he was like, screw it. I don't care anymore. Those guys are playing good, and we'll see. And why not, right? Like, right. see what you've got there. And I thought they played really good. In fact, they pushed the pace. They were part of the driving force that the Blues even made a push in that third period. So if I'm Craig Berube, I'm not touching that line anymore anytime soon unless they give me obvious reason to, you know, tinker. Right. Um, I thought Wallman, and I'm a big fan, I thought Wallman got a little bit exposed in that Vegas game. Am I wrong? Please tell me I'm wrong. I think sometimes we go looking for things for the young players. Like, we're way more critical. Like, if Pareko makes the same play, like, well, that's okay. You know, it's just, you know, it's Pareko. It just happens, right? But if Wallman makes the same play, oh, boy, right, oh, boy. Right, and right. I get it. We, we we give more leash to the veteran player and the, the more established guy. I'm not worried about Jake Wallman. Honestly, I'm not worried good, about Good, because I'm not either. I'm a fan, dude. He's I a good really player. Am. I think that he, he's got – he's shown a little bit more bite in his game lately. In fact, the defensive core as a whole, 
has been pretty good. And I like Mikola. He's been aggressive. He's been in guys' faces. Heck, he had his first fight, you know, and he doesn't seem like it rattled him at all. Bortuzzo's been really involved, really good. Craig Ruby's going to have some tough decisions to make if his blue line gets healthy. I mean, obviously, Carl Gunnarsson won't be back this season. But if Dunn and Krug get healthy, it will be interesting to see what direction he goes with his core because certain guys match up better against the Vegas team and certain guys match up better against an Avalanche team. So we'll see how that works. So uh, where is the team now, pardon me, in preparation for the playoffs? Are they, you know, how do they? How does that work? Do you go real heavy on Colorado and, and Vegas because those are the potential, but then you still have to pay attention to what Minnesota's doing because you never know? How does that, and then how does that get ramped up with the players? Do they not, they're not thinking about that until after the season is over? That sort of thing. Where Where are they at with that? Players right now, you keep them oblivious to things. I want you focusing on tonight, the Kings and the Wild for two games and staying healthy and doing all, like, don't, don't confuse your brain mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And the coaching staff, yeah, they're already starting to put some work together because they'll they'll still have some pre-scouts for the wild games and things like that. But the best thing about this is they've played that team six times already this year. The, the pre-scout is pretty much set. Okay. So your coaching staff, your video guy, first of all, your video coach, Sean Farrell, um, he's going to be working endless hours right now, putting together all the clips for both scenarios right now, Avalanche and Golden Knights. Probably list down some of the tendencies. The best thing about it is you played both those teams a ton, so you already have a scouting package on what they've been doing, and they're going to play each other coming up, so you'll see how this works. Uh, but, yeah, you, you, the coaching staff behind closed doors will be ramping it up slowly. The video guy, unfortunately, Sean, I love you. You're my, one of my best friends. You're going to go without sleep, and you know it, my man. You always mm-hmm. do it. Um, but that guy there is going to be taxed. And then when you find out what your opponent is or who it is, then everything goes towards that. And and I understand that you, as a put yourself back in that locker room where you spent many, many years, and the coaching staff, you know the coaching staff wants you to be laser-focused and tunnel vision and all that stuff. But as a player, you got to be thinking about, oh, I wonder who we, we, we may be playing. Or no, no. You're shaking your head. No. I don't think about it. I don't care. I, I initially Re- don't care. I really don't. Legitimately, you don't care. No, I really don't I'm care. very surprised. Are you I surprised yeah, by that? I'm, yeah, because in my mind, I would be thinking in my head, okay, if we're playing Vegas, i got to be focused over here. If we're playing you know, Colorado, i got to be focused over here. But that's a week away, so and that, so that's let's detrimental. Let's break down what you just said. So in my head. So you're getting in your own head, yeah, basically. Yeah, I do that's that. Why, oh. That's why you don't do it. So I'm, I'm too <laughs> smart to be an NHL player is what you're saying. Absolutely, Jeff. <laughs> Absolutely. That's you know what, what the scouts told me, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Man, if that, I had just stuck with it and just dumbed it down a little we bit. Have, we have got yeah, it. Nonetheless. I cannot wait till we implement video on this podcast <laughs> yeah, for Jamie facial expressions alone. <laughs> but no, as a player, you don't really care, right? Because as a player, you believe you can beat everybody. And that locker yeah. room is full of guys that have Stanley Cup rings. Okay, not to mention Kyle Clifford, who's got two of them. So you've got a locker room full of guys that are not worried. You respect the opponent, and as you get closer, the nerves will get there. But right now, I'm not scoreboard watching. I don't care until somebody from the media tells them or asks them on the Zoom, well, what do you think about the avalanche first round? Now you'll start to talk about it, and usually the mums the word, right? right? You don't talk about the opposition. You pump their tires, make them feel now nice and warm and fuzzy. Don't give them any bulletin board material. So, yeah, so once you know who the opponent is, you'll see the Blues go into – 
shutdown mode, meaning like, oh, wow, that team, they're really strong, powerful, well-coached, you know, oh, great team. You'll hear all that BS coming out of their their speeches and their Zoom calls, and you know you, that's that's when you start to get more focused. I, I want to switch gears here a, a little bit, and the and the reason that this is top of mind is because it was up on Twitter, kind of happening uh, as um, before we came in here to tape. And not that I, in any way, shape, or form, really ultimately care who becomes the head coach of the Buffalo Sabers, but I'm I'm curious to know, you know, uh, they've got big decisions to make up there. They've got a franchise player in Jack Eichel. And it seems as though the type of coach that is working in the NHL is changing. But the Blues seem to kind of have one of those old school guys in Barubi, but you have to kind of ride a fine line. Can you kind of talk about, like, for for the next brand or maybe the next grouping of NHL coaches, what are they going to have to do differently than maybe some of the older guys had had to deal with? Well, one, the older guys still are adapting, right? So you look at a guy like John Tortorella, who now is a free agent. Right. I could see Buffalo getting that guy and saying, this organization has been an absolute gong show. We need a guy to come in here and sort it out with the inmates. And Tortorella is that guy. Now, Tortorella, what he's also done is – He's gotten more into analytics. He's gotten more into the modern-day game. Okay, he's not perfect. He's still going to be John Tortorella. There's no doubt. Guys who have played for him before that have had success under him love the way he coaches. They think he's fair. They think that he's honest, and these are things that players want. Some players don't want it, and those are the players ultimately you don't want on your team. Okay. If they want to be lied to and told how good they are and now they make no mistakes— that's not the guy who's going to buckle down with your team in a time of need or in the playoffs. He's just going to want to do what does best for that player. So a guy like Tortorella, uh, you know, he keeps, you know, adjusting. Craig Berube, the whole staff, let's be honest, they're all old school. You know, Mike Van Ryan played quite a, a while ago. Steve Ott, we know how he played the yeah, game. Yeah. Craig Berube, same way. Even Jim Montgomery, smaller guy, but he played in an era that was, you know, knuckle draggers everywhere trying to take his head off. They've all adjusted. They're, they've all become uh, analytical coaches. They, they've been very ahead of the game when it comes to changing the style somewhat because the puck possession style is an advanced thing to do. The Red Wings in the 90s, I know, Jeff, you love the Red Wings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Red Wings in the 90s and when I got there in the early 2000s, they had already, like, trademarked puck possession game. Like, I laugh with the Holly story where we don't dump the puck yet, right? right? right. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't lying. Like, they had puck possession that, like, ESPN would do 30-30s on and stuff like that. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. How they changed the game. Yeah. And, like, we would have nowhere to go, pass it back to the goalie. And then goalie would make a pass. And, you know, the biggest thing was Scotty Bowman and Steve Eisman, all these guys, like, why give the other team the other puck? If we have the puck, they can't score. And so the Blues have uh, incorporated that puck possession now as a big part of the modern-day game, right? Let's keep possession of the puck. Let's let's make sure we have the Blues mastered that in 2019, won a Stanley Cup. They have some old-school black-and-blue type playing. They like the heart on the forecheck. But if you look at the team, it's a very, very good balance of old-school mentality with new-school values. Let's just say it that way, right? Yeah. And so I think that Craig Berube is – a unicorn almost in today's game. Yeah, it seems like it. Which is great. You know who else is? Rick Tockett. I, I have him down here. Rick as, Tockett. Are you surprised that he got let go? I'm in shock. I, I I thought so because earlier in the season you were talking about, first of all, you were comparing him to Craig Berube, saying they were almost exactly the same. The team kind of the same as the 2019 version of the Blues that play you heavy and hard mm-hmm. and, and uh, you make a mistake and they're going to capitalize on it. 
I know they kind of faded at the end there, but what happened there? I don't know ultimately what happened. I think that it's been a bit of a disaster. Like Bill Armstrong took over as GM, but he walked into what was left there from the previous regime, which everybody's gone now. Like the other GM, like just up and left last year when they went to the bubble. was like, ah, I've had enough. I'm done. And then Steve Sullivan was there. He did a good job, but then he was relieved of his duties. Bill Armstrong's there now. It's been a bit of a, you know, yeah. an ish show to say the least. And so Rick Tockett, I just don't think he had the the horses or the the depth uh, with player personnel. Now that being said, Rick Tockett, if he doesn't have a job, he probably already has an offer somewhere. Okay, this guy and Craig Berube, I have said it before, like separated at birth. Okay, they both played the game extremely hard, tough as nails, and they both coached their players that way. And everything you hear about Craig Berube and Rick Tockett is they care about their players. They care about their staff. They care about the team. They give it all they've got. Rick Tockett, man, he is not going to be a free agent for very long. So anybody who decides to move on from their coach in the offseason or some guys, I'll tell you what, there are teams that are going to fire their coach just so they can hire Rick Tockett. Sure. And you know what? Uh, Tortorella, getting back to him, those those two, Tortorella and Tockett, seem like polar opposites when it comes to being coaches. Am I am I wrong there? Uh, some. Not. And the reason why I say it, let me ask my question first, and you can uh, decide whether or not I'm correct on that. But Tockett's seems like it's more of a uh, player's coach. Tortorella's act seems to get tired after a while. Tortorella, see, this is what's confusing about John Tortorella for anybody, even guys who play for him. He's actually a player's coach. He really is. Deep down inside, he's a player's coach. And Marty St. Louis is one of the greatest players in the NHL of all time. Hall of Fame guy. He played for Tortorella and said that if you play hard for Torts, you will absolutely love him. And so think, think about that for a second, right? That's, that's a guy who's a skilled, smaller player. You'd think, oh, well, Tortorella's not going to like that guy. Loved him. Um, Torts is a no-nonsense guy. He's a lot like uh, Ken Hitchcock. That's who I was thinking Now, of. Hitch, though, Hitch doesn't back off the throttle very much. He's always, like, in game mode all the time, and that does wear thin on the players. And Torts, is, uh, his demands of players sometimes runs a little thin. But if you look at his demands and you look at what Craig Berube demands, you look at what Rick Tockett demands, they demand a full 60-minute effort, a 200-foot game, and that you play for your teammates. It's not all that different. Even though their personalities are somewhat different, what they're asking is not that different. He's our torts. Jamie's our torts. He just asks us to give 100%. I do my best. I do, too. <laughs> I'm going to say this right now. It doesn't have anything of any importance. This is just Donnie the hockey fan talking. I don't want Vegas to win because I don't want to see that Pete Dubois or whatever the hell his name is with a smile on his face. Yeah. He, I love seeing him looking sour. I, it's one of my favorite things, looking to think that that guy just sucked on a lemon. I hate his face. I hate when they go over to the Vegas bench and they. I hate him. I hate how he even looks. He Are looks like he would be. It looks not? like he would be in a bad mood, like like at church. Like he just looks like a wow. just like a sour guy. So That's all I got to say. What I'm about to tell you is really going to make. Oh, me great! Oh, he's, man, a nice he's a nice guy. guy. Oh, blah right. blah blah. God he's damn. a really good dude. Oh, okay, I hate, I hate it. <laughs> he, he cares for Dang his players. It. His players really like him, uh, but he does one hundred percent come off as an absolute DB. Okay, when you're playing against him, and when the Blues played the the Sharks in the playoffs a couple of years ago with a whole hand pass, yeah, oh, yeah. nobody I wanted to punch in the face more than Pete DeBoer. Okay. But I've known Pete DeBoer since I was 19 years old. Wow. And he coached against me. 
and junior hockey and everybody coming up through the ranks is like, oh, he's a good dude. Like when Joe Thornton, who's yeah, I'm gonna get ready for this. I'm going to drop it. All right. Joe Thornton, who's a good friend of mine. Whoa. <laughs> I'll go ahead and take myself out of yeah. your phone after that. And, uh, I can't. We were roommates together in Boston. Oh, yeah. wow. So when Jumbo Joe tells you that this guy is awesome, he's like, I just love Peter. <laughs> and that's kind of how he talks, too. Trust me. So where do, is that how he got the Jumbo nickname? Do you know? Uh, oh, it, it, I'll tell you what. He comes by it honestly, oh, Jeff. Good for okay. Him. Good. And it is really good for him and his loved ones. Good. So that one being said. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> now where were you? Oh, Pete Joe DeBoer, said he's a, yeah. He said Pete DeBoer's a good guy, and then talking to the Vegas guys and uh, and people that I might know that play for Vegas, put two and two together, uh, say he's a real good dude as well. So, and, and I mean, he must be because I mean, Vegas ran out there. But I coach. hate him too, Don. <laughs> that guy. Well, I mean, but Vegas ran out uh, Gerard Gallant, right? Like that to, was crazy to too. essentially make room for yeah. for DeBoer. That right? was crazy. Speaking of making room, how, what do you think about the uh, the uh, Vegas uh, getting to the cap by just dressing enough players just to get under the cap? It's uh, it's a strategy. Yeah. I just never heard of it before this year, I think. They, they started the season playing 11 forwards and five defensemen. and <laughs> That's kind of almost insulting. It <laughs> is, right? But then you ask their GM and the coach, Pete DeBoer, he'll say, well, would you rather have Alex Petrangelo in your lineup and Max Pacioretty or not? And if you look at the record, it's working. Yeah. He just he was like, listen, like, because at one point it was we're gonna have to trade Pacioretty to make room for Petrangelo. Well, Pacioretty's had himself a season. Unbelievable okay? season. Yeah. And they've managed to have Petro in the entire season. And they've gone with this crazy combination of players throughout, and it's worked. Crazy. Maybe that's why you have two great goalies. So, the, so then, so so oh, everybody could do that, then, right? Why doesn't everybody do this? Not everybody has the uh, the depth of talent, right? Ah, so, so if have you have, have a fourth the, line gotcha. that's not really that great, <laughs> gotcha. then all of a sudden your top three lines are getting just taxed to heck, right? Gotcha. So yeah. you've got enough guys on that roster where you can space out the minutes accordingly. Well, so when does this? When does that come to? You know that that's that cannot continue for Vegas with that situation. Like, are they going to have salary cap hell at the end of the year? No, but no, that's the they're thing. They're under the cap right now, Donnie. Yeah, they only dress enough players to right, where, right. where the payroll is underneath, <laughs> and they'll have a player that gets picked for sure by the Kraken. I hate them. So I really do. Vegas, I hate knowing how to screw the system from the last expansion draft, I guarantee they find a way to unload a tremendous amount of salary to the Kraken for. Some kind of a young player, draft pick, prospect. Who knows? They're going to figure it out. They figured um, it out to to job the entire NHL as that team. They'll know how to defend it. I am that. before the playoffs start, I'm going to have my accountant get into their books. Because I think something <laughs> untoward is going on here. I really do. It's Vegas. They're playing with our money anyway. <laughs> right. Am House I wrong? money, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, house always wins. <laughs> um, I, I, and I know we got to wrap up in a minute here, but I want to throw out. You got something? Because I just want to throw out when do you think we'll see Kyle? Well, and I just had a general question of when the playoffs started. That that that, that was that as well. Did you just say who? Who? Oh, he's I doing a, that. I he's think doing a year that from you. now, you're going to know who he is. <laughs> Jeff is like, good thing he's hiding under the counter. There. Every time we say Costin, something moves. Huh? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking I mean, about. Donnie's got his still. head down, shaking his head. Um, uh, I heard maybe last game of the season, possibly. Uh, yeah, that as of right now, that's what Craig Bruby said is the last game of the season. I would expect to see him. 
Because if he jumps into your lineup in the last game of the season, I know it's one game audition. Seems that's crazy. what I was going to ask. What's the reason for that? Well, he's not going to clear quarantine and all that crap. No, no. I mean, why even throw him into why one not? game just to? Well, I mean, he may you get, get to hurt somebody. Again. Like if you get to put Braden Shen okay. in the press box. Okay, for the I, game. that I get. You that know? I get. But it's not like an audition for the playoffs. Sure, though, it is. Oh, it is. Okay. Absolutely. He just all finished right. his own championship over I the am KHL. Ordering my jersey now. If uh, it, I mean, it's Can just I have your like credit card. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, my wife has it. Uh, I'm not allowed to have money. I figured that out when I said so, I do. So, like a one day audition just in case and you're, well, he'll and have you practices can, too leading sure, up to that right yeah. and they'll look at him uh, and they'll go over video with him they'll see what he's able to digest when the video comes up and the, when they ask him questions the systems in practice they'll see where he's at right now and kind of go from there but if you have a, a coin flip right now maybe you go there He's a young guy who's just came off a championship win. I know it was a KHL. That's a heck of a league, though. I would argue it's the second best league in the world. Okay, American Hockey League is close, but the KHL has veteran guys, older guys that have been around. I think tips the scale that way. I would want to see Jeff. Why wouldn't you see? Like right now, there's there's all sorts of ups and downs with Zach Sanford. You're kind of like people are in, people are out. Zach Sanford, quite honestly, some games he's in, some games he's out. Meaning right, yeah. like mentally, whether what he he's does. skating or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're Kyle right, Clifford. Yeah. Can he play in a playoff series now? Can he still add something to your lineup? I think there's some there's something left there, but why wouldn't you say, hey, Clint Costin, guess what? We're gonna put you on the third line with uh you know Tyler Bozak and Jaden Schwartz. Let's see what you got, kid. Or we're gonna put you on the left wing with Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron. Oh boy. I like that too. I'd be okay with you know, that. Like, yeah. give it a shot. Yeah, I meant to ask this earlier, and I'm sorry that I didn't. I don't know why I'm sorry for it. But Eleven. Ha- have there been have there been My as size. many injury issues with other teams as there has been with the Blues? Oh, I would say Dallas number one, right? D- well, Dallas had a bunch of injuries. Yeah, Bishop's been gone all season long. I don't think he's been. I don't think he's been off the IR all season. Tyler Sagan was out up until the last couple of games, which definitely hurt them. He scored two goals in two games since he was back. Like that's a guy that would have definitely probably gotten you over the hump into the playoffs. Uh, I don't know about other teams right now. I'd have to go through. I know the Blues have it's some astronomically crazy number, like two hundred and forty some man games lost. Right. I mean, I knew one, it's significant in a fifty-six game season. It's crazy, guys. It's crazy. So, so if so, then if you know if this has been a pattern, then obviously, hopefully, NHL, NHL safety, maybe the players. Well, I guess we couldn't really do anything with it because of a pandemic shortened season. But you got to make sure that you know these guys get a proper off season, get a proper you know uh, preseason. They had the whole a heck thing. of an off season this time, Donnie. I guess Think you're about right. the layoff. Yeah, man, had. you're right. Yeah. Never mind. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. It's just one of those years. You look at other teams. Some teams have stayed almost healthy the entire time. So. Where, what's your indicator, right? Sure. You, like, oh, if you're going to put money, it's like the stock market. Well, one one stock does good, one doesn't. Why is that? Well, I don't know. All I know is that I'm angry at one and I'm loving the other. <laughs> <laughs> and then wait, when do playoffs start? Well, there's. I don't think they've put an official uh, date yet. I, they talked about the 16th of May. Uh, but I know the Blues, their last game is got to be close to that. I think it's Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, Thursday. And I'm then Monday's the 17th. Do this crazy thing called technology. Yeah, I guess and, yeah, the Blues play the Wild on Thursday, May 13th. And the last game of the season for the NHL is on Friday, May 14th, with the Maple Leafs playing the Winnipeg Jets. So, you know what? Saturday, actually, hold your horses. That wasn't the last game of the season. 
Uh, the Vancouver Canucks are supposed to play the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday, May 15th. And the Canucks have a number of games up until oh, the 16th. that's right, because they now, take like a month off. That to, that, to me, is probably going to be determined, okay? What I mean by that is if every team is established in that conference or that division for the playoffs. Like right now, the Canadians hold down the fourth spot. And the Flames are, I believe, the only team that can really catch them. I, I think there might be another team, too. It doesn't matter. All I'm saying is that if it's already established, they might look at that and go, hey, Vancouver, hey, Calgary, hey, Edmund, you guys don't have to play those games. Like the Cardinals last year when they only played 48 instead of 50 games, it was like, okay, there's no point in playing these, right? I could see them doing that. But if there's a race to the end on this one here, then maybe they play. Maybe the other teams put out, like I could see a team going, no, I want the Oilers to have to play because it sounds awful. But what if there's a chance for McDavid to get hurt? Sure, right. It's awful. Yeah. I don't want to see that happen. But it's reality. I but it's that. reality yeah, for sure. Man. And of course, the Oilers, if they were smart, they'd be like, "Well, we're not playing him." Right, for right. The next couple of games that don't make a difference. So, either way, I think that if you get to that situation, if I'm the NHL, I'm just ending the season, going, "There's no need for these games. Absolutely no need." Well, guys, I don't mean to uh, to jump here, but uh, I brought a really excellent uh, chicken salad sandwich from home today. Did you make it? No, uh, no, I didn't, but Mary did. Okay. So uh, so it's made at home. Yeah, 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 for sure. And it's on croissant, and it's in the refrigerator in my office, and I've oh, not sh- been able to stop thinking yours? about it for the last 10 10- Oh, that was. It tasted <laughs> you know, good. Listen, Jay, listen, guys. <laughs> I'm not a fighter, but if you mess with my food, I'm going to try to scrap. I'm not going to do well, but I'm going to try to hold my own, man. Why do you have to go to violence, Donnie? <laughs> Says the hockey player. It is the Last Minute Blues podcast. <laughs> Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango. We're talking hockey here a couple of times a week. We'll be back on Thursday. If you like our podcast, share it with the hockey-loving friend of yours. It is the Last Minute Blues podcast and as always, let's go Blues! The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.